Hey, 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 what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. The goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have the goal. He's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. Oh, another week, another, another happy, happy episode, man. We are, we are on a roll right now. Talk about. I think we was that last episode we were talking about the swings of the game, man. We started zero and five. We've won our last three. It feels so so good. We are in high spirits. Uh, speaking of high, uh, nah. <laughs> but happy holidays to anyone uh, you know who's out there celebrating. We are recording this uh, a little delayed on uh, on Wednesday night because we actually had a U.S. Up coping <laughs> open cup game uh last night so do apologize for the slight delay but than how are we doing my man i mean we're doing well my man you know i was starting to think kem poppy is going to be able to replace that entire intro for us by mid-season i think we're just going to have a, a leonardo Cam campana highlight open it's going to be wonderful but you know over here 420 for those of you partaking enjoy if not Enjoy the day anyways. It's Wednesday. We're almost to the weekend. Just uh, keeping those good vibes rolling, moving towards our next match. It's it's a great time to be Inter-Miami fans. It is. But I just I just love how, you know, in 2022, culture seem seemingly like fully embraced the whole the whole day of 420. And, uh, you know, you see some funny stuff out there with, with companies, uh, marketing, good stuff like that. So it, it's always fun. Always some giggles on this day. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the Inner Miami podcast. I'm Jay Kington, joined by Mr. Than Harrington. Uh, again, very, very excited, man. We are we're on a roll and uh, had a hell of a game on Saturday, late, late, late against Seattle. The a uh, team that is heading towards the CONCACAF Champions League uh, final. But, uh, you know, that's a that's a big focus of theirs. So we got a, a slightly softer side of them to start out, but we will not complain. Uh, we'll take our points where we can get them. But uh, this was a good game, and this was the first uh, matchup between Inter-Miami uh, in Seattle, and I know a lot of fans were looking forward to this game because Seattle has such a, a, an amazing history in this league and uh, really a winning mentality and environment they've created over there. Um, how are you? Uh, how are you getting ready for this match, man? I know this was late, so a lot of people were trying to just stay up. Yeah, so you know, I had I got Kennedy to bed. Lucy bailed out on me at like 9.30. Riley says, Dad, I'm going to stay up and watch the match with you. I'm going to I'm gonna soldier on. 10.31, he's out. 
Yeah. I'm like, all right, fantastic. So dad gets the couch and gets the room to it by, you know, by myself. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I was one of those supporters really looking forward to the Seattle match. Uh, you know, Seattle always brings the noise when they're at home. Their fan base is one of the best. Uh, they have an amazing facility. So for us to be able to, to travel up there and play and get the full Seattle effect, including the weather, including the cold. It was nice to see the team respond in a positive manner to all of that uh, because it, you know, very easily they could have slipped up and said, Oh no, 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 this is not Miami. They could have been, I think you said uh, falling out of the trees, like iguanas on a cold day. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was just an awesome day and it was, you know, I spent a lot of the day, leading up to the match, being nervous about it, to be honest, because mm-hmm. Seattle, 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 man, they, they, sometimes they play hard and they'll punch you in the mouth. And sometimes you get a mixed bag. So sometimes yeah. you, you just get lucky with the timing of a, you know, the schedule. And of course them making it so far in the, uh, the CONCACAF champions league. But yeah, you mentioned traveling. I mean, this was the furthest uh, road trip in IMCF history. If you recall last year, we did travel up to Portland, uh, but Seattle is, I'm not exactly sure how many miles further, but it's just a, a little bit further. Yeah, I don't have that on me. Okay. I wish I did. You looked down, I, I thought I'm, you like had that I'm, note. Yeah, I'm not plugged into the supercomputer right now. I apologize. Um, but yeah, you know, two of the best, two of the best teams in the league. Uh, I know that a lot of fans joke that generally the Western Conference is one out of the Pacific Northwest. And uh, you have to be able to go up there and, and do what we did was pretty awesome. It was, and, you know, they came in with a, a slightly different squad, but we also came in with a very short bench, um, only two goalkeepers, but dealing with a, a multitude of injuries. Uh, of course, I think the the biggest storyline of this was this Iguain injury, and, you know, was he going to play kind of leading up to that? Um, turns out, you know, he's uh, – that injury must be, must be really, really, you know, deep muscle or – um, you know, deep feelings. I'm not really sure what, where it is more. Now nah, they left him back there to give two United legends a tour because David Beckham didn't want to, uh, waste the time giving him that tour himself. <laughs> you know, it was actually, it was funny because they came out and said he's hurt. And then, uh, Cole and uh, Diego Forlan are walking around the stadium and he's relegated to the blaze with Tweedy ambassador role. So, Part of me wants to believe it's more of a case of my ankle hurt or my leg hurt. Now I'm kind of butt hurt and yeah. I'm going to start pouting a little bit. But uh, hey, whatever gets this team kicked up in the gear and keeps them winning, I don't, I honestly could care less. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned it. Uh, you know, we had a lot of our, uh, we have a lot of listeners that are, uh, that are Manx, that are Manchester United fans. There was that, uh, that watch party fan event where uh, Forlan and, uh, and Cole went down to. So I know a lot of people went there. And, uh, and had quite a bit of fun. So shout out to uh, all you guys. I know you're living in a world of pain with me right now as a Chelsea fan. So, uh, you know, we will keep it moving. Uh, but weather-wise, man, I mean, if you know anything about Seattle, uh, you know, one of the weird facts that I know about Seattle is that it's the suicide capital of the world. And a lot of people uh, attribute that to the, the constant raining that is occurring in Seattle. I don't know why you're shaking my head. That is like that is that that is something real. Dude. That is that is right, a real so thing. We're vibing, we're vibing, we're cool, we're happy, and then you just boom. I, I, and like drop, I said, drop, drop a sad bomb on us. What are you doing, man? It's just a weird fact that I know, and you know, it was the very typical Seattle uh, weather, man. The, the Pacific Northwest. It's just cold. It's rainy. It's windy. That 
you know, it's not like the, uh, the refreshing, uh, 5 PM shower down here in South Florida, man. Those, those drops are like, feel like pins sometimes if the wind's blowing fast enough. I mean, that's kind of like what I grew up in. So I looked at it, I was like, Oh, it looks like a beautiful day out there. I'm okay with that. You know, obviously I, yeah, I've, yeah, I've told you a thousand times I would trade all of that for South Florida weather. Yeah. But, you know, I, I got to give hats off to La Familia for that game because at one point I was sitting there watching the TV. I was like, this isn't the rainstorm anymore. It is a downpour. It is a torrential downpour. I thought, you know, and, and kudos to Seattle. I thought for a hot minute they were going to have to postpone the game because of how hard and fast the rain was coming down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they said, nope, play on. And, I also thought that was going to affect the team mentality a tad bit. Um, but you know what? They held it together. They played well. Um, and, and in that weather, you know, one of the positive things we could take away from that was a solid backline pay between uh, Damian Lowe and Mabika. Uh, it, it, it would have been very easy for Lowe and Mabika to not be on the same page dealing with the fast pace around them, having, uh, you know, the weather elements not in their favor, not something they've probably practiced in too much together. And they look like they've been playing together for years, honestly. Yeah. That's one of the, the, the trends we've seen over the past few games is the, the defense is really starting to get much more cohesive, specifically the back line, which is uh, obviously resulting in, in less conceded goals. I mean, I know we're looking at a pretty short sample size here, but at least we're trending what looks to be uh, an, in, in a positive way up. But uh, Yedlin, you know, initially looked really sharp on his uh, his return home. Um, you know, he was one of the first ever homegrown signings in the MLS, so I'm sure this was just uh, somewhat emotional for him. I, I do believe that he fully intends to finish out his career in Seattle uh, after, you know, he leaves Inter Miami. Yeah. You know, he actually talked about it. We'll touch base a little bit, but I think one of the things that like I, I felt as a father was that he was extremely proud to be able to go back home, show his daughter what he did, bring back to the, you know, bring her back to the old stomping grounds and said, you know, this is what dad did. And I, I don't know, I could just be over romanticizing as a, as a father, but I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, to be able to take your kid anywhere you've been like, even if you're just going back to your own hometown, even if it's a backwoods, Kentucky town or a, yeah. a you know, a, or a small chanty upstate New York town, it's still like your own place. You know what I'm I mean? not so, crying. You're crying. <laughs> I, I, I am, <clears throat> I am not crying. Um, <laughs> Tell, uh, but, walk know, us through the, uh, the first half here. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was, it was odd. I was, you know, I was taken aback because I knew that Seattle was going to be subbing out a bunch of their squad, especially after a short turnaround for the uh, NYCFC Champions League match there. Uh, Inter Miami was free flowing. They were attacking up uh, predominantly the right hand side. Robbie Taylor, I know we keep hammering him home, and I know a lot of folks are probably sick of us talking about him, but he looked sharp. He really looked sharp on the left-hand side. He was getting up an attack. He was tracking back. He was – it almost looks like, and I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, it almost looks like we have a midfielder that can control the midfield. I I, I don't know. Um, you know, and on top of that, all of our wingers were making, you know, absolutely beautiful runs. Uh, they, they got in position. We fed them in, and – it almost started to feel like it was going to be the same old inner Miami story. Cause we couldn't capitalize uh, until the 40th minute. Jay. Yeah. And uh, what a goal that was, man. Um, I was just like, it, it, honestly, I did not feel like we were going to score in, in, in the first uh, half here. And then it mm-hmm. happened. I was at Fox hounds. Just we, everyone got, got really excited about that. And, uh, and then 
you know, kind of that, that typical inner Miami fashion conceding goals very shortly after. So I was, you know, happy to see us make it out of the, uh, the first half without conceding any goals. But yeah, I mean, we were running wild. It was, it was very uh, attractive football. There was, we were really dominant on the, uh, you know, attacking down the right-hand side, but actually, I mean, throughout the game is pretty split. It was 40% on the right-hand side, 41% on the left side and then 19% up the middle. So uh, we're really starting to, to get into you know, this system that we've discussed of really wanting to be able to play our wingers and have them be effective. And now that we're seems pretty committed to this four, three, three, it's going to allow us to do that. And as those relationships, you know, continue to develop with the left backs and our wingers, whether that be, uh, you know, Yedlin and Lasseter or uh, Noah Allen or Gibbs and, you know, you, you name it, you could have Robbie up there, um, could have both Robbies up there, actually. I mean, as we we have seen here in the uh, Open Cup, or also uh, Emerson. So I, I really like I like the the freedom it's giving Phil to kind of play with uh, with the lineup and uh, allow to recycle people in positions that I think that they're very effective in. Uh, so overall, I mean, I think really really good job. We're finally seeing a team that is playing for each other. Everyone's trying to make runs, get into open spaces to alleviate the pressure. We're seeing. Um, you know, more efficient passing. It just overall, it's a more aesthetically pleasing product and something that we can at least be proud of. You know what it reminded me of, and and you maybe you'll disagree, but for me, it reminded me of the Premier League South football that you and I grew up with. Mm-hmm. We're punch, we're punching it down the wing, not necessarily going through the midfield unless we need a quick pass. And that ball's coming in the box, and it's coming in fast, and mm-hmm. you need somebody in there to to deke and and dump it. And you know, I'm. I'm stoked that you and I called out that Campana's finally turning into the player you and I thought he would be. That mm. Chicharito Cavani mix where he said he's going to poach. He's going to find a way to be in that spot. He's going to find a way to make something happen uh, when we need it the most. You know, he didn't score this game, but he was in the spot to release Yedlin down that right hand side before mm. the goal. Mm. So, you know, he's starting to evolve. The team's starting to fight it. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, and we're, we're also seeing the confidence of Robbie Robertson uh, really rise again. I mean, to get up in a very, very awkward shot uh, that he was able to not only get on target, but but in a you know in, in a deadly position in something that's going to convert the the goal. So very, very impressed with him. And then we go into the second half, right? And then it's well, maybe you know, in my head, I'm like, maybe we get lucky and score another one, but it's probably going to be something coming off a counterattack because I feel like we really have struggled so much in the first two seasons to kill off the games we've been in to be defensively compact and defensively sound to really finish games and get a win get the result we want and the second half uh you know they kind of they were like all right you know like this was fun we had kind of our uh, i don't know one a one b squad in right because they wanted to rest a lot of their players but you looked over at that bench man and they they just they've got some studs and they were all on the bench so then you start to see the Rodon brothers come in then you see Rudy Diaz come in and then man things just started picking up for for the Sounders and it became really a a siege on on Nick Marsman and and his men because it felt like they were defending cross after cross or play after play pass after pass and yeah, we did have some counterattacks. You know, we did not convert any more goals, but the majority of that second half was uh, backs against the wall, fighting for each other, clearing, uh, I mean, Loa Mabika. Just, they're both, you know, obviously Mabika's a, a giant, but 
Lowe's not a, a small guy by any measure either. And I mean, so many of these crossing balls are able to head out or, or just make smart plays on. So really, really impressed at the way we finished the game. Yeah, and I got to be honest, this is the first Inter-Miami game I can honestly tell you. I had so much hope in my system that we were going to pull this out that I was actually watching between my fingers. Like, my hands were up. Like, I can't. I have to. I can't. I have to. And, and like, I, I, I had a belief we weren't going to do it. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I had a belief that they weren't going to do it and we were going to pull it out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I will die on this hill. If Mabika wasn't out there, we can see the goal. Because there's so many times he got ahead across, he cleared the ball. There were some times he got caught out, but that's that's youthful and experience. Mm-hmm. But he 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 held the line, you know, like Game of Thrones. He held the door. <laughs> he he did not let them across, you know. And you know, we're we're fortunate that he has gotten up to speed as quickly as he is because I don't think he would have been good for another season down at the USL or I'm sorry, the um, MLS next pro level. I don't think he would have learned from that. He's learning trial by combat Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and he's, he's succeeding for us, you know? He is. I mean, I we'll see, you know, how long this, this streak extends. We're going to talk about Atlanta um, here in a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's a solid opportunity. We can go ahead and make this forward. But just, you know, statistically, just to what you were talking about, kind of that that old, uh, you know, EPL play up the wings, even though, you know, we were basically 80% of our of our attacks were coming from the wings, 67% of our shots were coming from the middle with only 11% on the left wing and 22% on the, the right side. So we're, we're using our speed as a weapon to our advantage. And then we're bringing this ball to the interior and looking for, uh, you know, whether it be Campana or, uh, you know, maybe Robbie's crossing in last or coming up on the, the far post or vice versa, but we're starting to see, um, like our identity come about and, in, in, in what kind of attacking team we want to be. And we're starting to see results. And, uh, again, I mean, just it's good it's really good because these 0 and 5 starts or you know last season we like had like an 11 game unbeaten streak like a six game win streak and then we just you know have a losing streak to really finish off the season you know mind you one kind of off game against uh you know the revs last year uh, but hey this feels good i want to enjoy this i like this uh this feeling is going to last till at least sunday um you know one o'clock is when the the, the kickoff is so be sure to enjoy this we got you know, Papa John's now two weeks in a row. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? This is just amazing right here. I don't know if the Papa John special applies to the U.S. Open Cup win. It actually did. The uh, team oh, confirmed it uh, nice. this afternoon, I believe. Nice. So, I mean, how fat do you want to get? How much of that special garlic sauce are you going to chug and, you know, plunge it down your throat with a cheese stick? But let's be honest. Could you imagine the blowback if they wouldn't have put yeah. out a coupon <laughs> for today? Because like, like if, if you're like, what well, you know, like a Seattle, because all these teams have the same kind of Papa John's discount. I'm sure Seattle like rarely eats the, the, the discounted Papa John's they get because they're used to winning or drawing almost every game. But like you starve South Florida for five weeks of full priced pizza. And like, once you pay 50% off, you can't even bring yourself to, to want to pay full price. You feel like you're getting robbed. And then we get, Back-to-back weeks, and, and now but two and a half weeks, basically, of free pizza. Man, what a time to be alive. 
I mean, I'm living through you guys because I see the code come through, and strangely enough, they won't let me put it in up here. So, uh, yeah, we don't. Uh, <laughs> I can't take advantage, but you know what? You eat that piece. Just for find me. what find what the Philadelphia Union is like. What, what there is? It's still it's still too far, man. It's still I, too I, far yeah, away. Can I make an a Can I make an admission? Um, you know, Chloe Quinn wanted pizza uh, one weekend, and like Inter Miami hadn't won, and so I definitely saw the fact that Orlando City won and used the Orlando City code to get half off. And I'm not sure if I'm proud that I did that and kind of used Orlando in that way or if I'm I'm sad that I did that or ashamed that I did that because maybe I'm supporting them in some way. All right, everybody. Well, that's been the Inner Miami podcast. I'm Than Harrington. And uh, yeah, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for showing. This is that we're done. You know, actually, I got to be honest with you. I I. I applaud your savviness because uh, you're taking Orlando for a ride on that. And yeah, I like it. I, I, I like to think I got, it. I think I, I like to think I won that, that little exchange. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. since we're already on the topic of positives and negatives, what would you say in terms of the Seattle game would be a positive and possibly one negative for you? Uh, positives. I'm just starting to see this team play more gracefully, play more, uh, of the beautiful game again i'll reiterate robbie's confidence coming back i think all of us are very happy with uh with leonardo campana and then of course the back line continuing to improve it's just it's, it's very positive signs i hope we can see this continue to streak up um on the flip side of that um you know coming in with that depleted roster right you know we are battling a lot of injuries we don't have our our utility man you know breck shea we don't have uh Gibbs, obviously, you know, Iguain's injured, but I'm not sure if anyone's actually uh, upset about anything like that. But I I feel like we do have quality players and, and, you know, we can rotate them on the wings. But I'm a little concerned as the season wears on if we have enough depth of our bench of uh, players that could can make an impact. Because I think we have a lot of players um, who can kind of, you know, play, be a Band-Aid and hold things together. Um, but I would like to, to have other options throughout the midfield uh, and throughout defense right now because we're, we're, we're pretty shallow on the back line. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think for myself, the positives, I mean, just to hit it briefly would be Mabika. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you, you can't ignore that. But it would also be the communication between the entire back line and Marsman. It was really sketchy. We don't need to rehash the, the bad occurrences between Calendar, the back line, Marsman, and the back line. But they, they didn't have those for the most part. Yeah, there was a couple sketchy moments that were like, oh, okay, maybe they flipped off, but they didn't stay flipped off. It was, oh, my bad, I got it, and it didn't happen again. You know, they're learning from their mistakes. The negative I want to touch on, and I know you're you're praising Lasseter for his speed, but, man, shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Stop stop dancing. You're not CR7. You're not, you're not Mo Salah. You're not... Kai Havarts or whoever, like you're, you're, you're just Lassiter. Yeah. Shoot the ball. He, he made, get he made the a ball lot off of, your foot. A lot of mistakes for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, and I'm not even, I'm, I can overlook the mistakes if he puts one in, mm-hmm. but like he's dancing in the box. We've got passes open. He has an angle for a shot. I don't care if he shoots and, and goes out for a corner, shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I there. I think there was a break late in the game, and forgive me if I'm wrong. I could be mixing up this in the USL or the US Open game, but there in one of them there was a break, and I'm like, oh, here he goes. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. And then it was like he turned his speed off, and then it's like he tried to play with. The-
defender and we ended up losing possession. Mm-hmm. Just shoot it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can see that, like, when he is, is making his runs – he he's just looking to to beat the defender. He'll, he'll slow down when he gets you know up close to uh, you know in his case a lot of times the, the left back. And instead of you know trying to maybe just use his speed to get to a point to get across, and uh, he he seems to enjoy the the one on ones. Which you know if he becomes effective, then then sure I'm all for it. But uh, yeah, something to 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 keep an eye on because I know I did see some people. Uh, saying some harsh things or that they want Emerson starting over him. But I still think Emerson, you know, has a, a while to go before he's ready to to be a starter. But all in all, man, good things. Got the win. We'll take the points where we can. Uh, why don't you uh, run us through uh, Phil's postgame? Yeah, so, I mean, I could sit here and and spew everything out Phil said. But, you know, it was, it was a lot of uh, just roundabout conversation stuff. The entire post game, he was really proud of the effort the players put forward. Uh, he he was stoked that there was a continuation of learning from the Revs game. They built on top of that. They were able to, as you alluded to, Jay, start to find their own identity and their groove. Uh, he really praised Mabika, uh, Bryce Duke, who you know I, I feel like we skimmed over. I feel bad now because Bryce Duke had a hell of a game against Seattle. Um, he also praised Campana for uh, all of their efforts. Uh, he. He praised the coverage of crosses. Uh, and like you and I alluded to, he also said that he believes that he sees a partnership with Loma Mabika starting to form. Uh, the one thing that I didn't recognize that Phil did tactically was he actually brought Mo Adams out to spread the, to spread the pitch out a little bit towards the end of the game. I, I didn't even recognize that. I kind of feel bad that I didn't even notice that because they were trying to just gut us down the middle and, and bringing Mo Adams out onto the field allowed that, that pitch to be spread out. Um, it forced Seattle to get out of their current comfort zone, which, you know, kudos to Phil. He saw it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, good for him. Um, I don't know if I agree with him on this one, but he praised Gregory for getting back in the form. I still, I, I still don't know, man. I don't see it. Like, I know he's not playing terrible, but he's not playing like the pit bull we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing to take away from this, if you're an inner Miami fan, you have to, you have to take these two things away. He's praising all 18 players for fighting for each other and the badge on their chest. I think this is the first time in our club's history, our short history. We actually have a team that's fighting for the name on the front, not the name on the back, which is huge. It's absolutely huge. And then he piggybacked on that by saying that the result they took away from Seattle gave the entire organization a belief in what they're doing matters and, and everything is starting to click. So all in all, whether it's the, uh, with the young Heronitos down in the Academy, it's the first team, it's the MLS next pro it's the physios, it's whoever all the way up to Hendo and, and Beck's the organization starting to come together and it's starting to gel and it's starting to, that glue is finally starting to set. This is going to be a pivotal time for us. If we can continue to get results, it's going to only be better for the club in general in the long term. I agree. I mean, these are, these are pivotal times right here. Uh, you know, especially when we want to climb up the rankings and, and, um, we're still basically in the same spot we'd be if we lost uh, the the two MLS games. Um, just the way, as far as 
the the layout is, but the fact that we are winning, if we get one more, it's going to put us right in around the probably lower uh, half of the Eastern Conference. And if we can just somehow string together a few more wins, we can be right up there with a, a feeling a lot more secure about at least playoffs. And, uh, you know, it, it's still a long season. I think we're um, almost a fourth way there. So, God, it's going to be exciting times, man. I just, I just hope that we don't revert back to the uh, the old old ways. And, uh, you know, Yedlin kind of was on the, the same page as Phil here. I mean, it, it, when, in his press conference, uh, we thought it, it important to, to to highlight his because of it, it is his re- return to Seattle. But, again, praise the, the entire team for getting um, a hard-earned win out of one of the league's biggest and best teams. He was thrilled about how the team was playing. Uh, you know, playing on the ball. Uh, we reiterated how the team played in in their own third, especially at the end when it was, uh, you know, non-stop crosses um, and basically dealing with a complete onslaught, which was, again, very, very impressive for the, the team to, to stick together here. Uh, he also praised Robbie just, just like we did. Um, I mean, everything here, just all good, good feelings. Uh Definitely high, high praises for Ame, for Damien in the center back pairing, just really being able to finish the game, uh, staying compact, maintaining shape. Um, and again, you know, we already talked about it earlier, but he was absolutely thrilled uh, to be home mainly because he felt it was just really special for uh, him and his family. I uh, got to see family that he hasn't seen in a long time that, that, you know, lives out in Seattle still. still. So he got to show his daughter where he grew up. Uh, Dan was talking about tearing up about that a little earlier ago. And, uh, you know, he was getting a lot of questions about, uh, about the haircut. He went back to the, uh, the bleached look, which, uh, you know, I'm actually a fan of, but he was getting at, everyone wants to know what the MA on the back of his uh, his head stands for, and he wouldn't really share about that. So I assume, uh, you know, just like the, the, the gentry across his neck, it's probably something very uh, personal. Allegedly, it has something to do with Wait, a possible on, collab with a clothing. Sorry, repeat design? that one. Go ahead. No, no, I, Alleg- I, I, I had to turn it down because you were adjusting your mic, so it's all good. Oh, no, my fault. Um, allegedly, it had to do with something, uh, a collaboration with a clothing design with someone close to him, maybe, or mm-hmm. something like that. So, well, he does uh, want to have his own, his own, you know, clothing label. So, or clothing line, I guess, <laughs> not label, but uh, maybe that's, that's, these are the kind of early, uh, early crumbs he's dropping for everyone. I'll grill him when I uh, track him down at the Union game. I won't let him get on the bus till I figure out what this is all about. And we'll have an Inter Miami exclusive out here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. No, uh, hey, bring it home for us. It's uh, that's all right. So, um, standings. You know, we're we're finally out of the basement. We're no longer the worst team in the league or the East. We, uh, you know, are are now thirteenth. DC United moved to fourteenth. So we come up on theirs uh 24th out of 28 in the supporters shield standings uh we share the same record as cincy and the res but we are behind them on goal differential uh power rankings came out uh well i mean we're moved up four spots which is good we're 23 we beat seattle and they're still number one so i'm not really sure exactly how that works out you can't just say because Rui Diaz and Rodon or, and maybe some of their other starters didn't get a full 90 minutes. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. It's the exact same thing that would happen to us if we were number one and lost to number 24 Seattle, though, because we would drop down to 24 magically just out of the blue. So, I mean, and a little bit of hatred towards Inter-Miami, but 
they're probably looking at the fact that there was a rotated squad. Who knows? They're pinning all their hopes. They're trying to keep the hopes up for a CONCACAF Champions League winner here. So I, I blame it on that a little bit too. <laughs> well, like I said, we're we're at 13th, seven points. Uh, to put that in perspective, uh, you know, going up to 10th place, New York City FC also have seven points. We go to the playoff line, seven, Chicago is 10. Number six, Montreal is 10. And Toronto has 11 points. So one win, we're right up there in the lower end of that, uh, depending on how that goes. But, you know, really two or three wins here could put us in a really, really beautiful position. But, uh, you know, this wasn't all the soccer we had. We we are in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. That meant that we got a, a Tuesday game, a midweek game down at FIU Stadium, which is West Dade, not the uh, not the greatest drive for us uh, Broward residents, but hey, uh, you know I'll pay my dues because I know a lot of people from Miami don't like driving up to uh, to Fort Lauderdale either. Uh, but we did take on, um, you know, Miami FC. Man, I don't do we call them our our, our little brothers? I, I I feel like we don't even mind Miami FC, but Miami FC is just like just like that annoying little brother just poking the bear. Like they want all the smoke. I've taken the approach of, uh, you know, I didn't see you on my radar, but then you started talking. So now I'm going to keep you on my radar. Uh, I call them the noisy neighbors last episode. Mm-hmm. It's just like United and city back in the day where city was just nothing. They were chirp, 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 and United had to go put their foot down. It's exactly what we did, my man. It's, uh, you know, jokes aside, uh, hell of a game put up by Miami for the Miami Classico as I guess, I guess that's the best we could come up with is the Miami Classico. Um, <laughs> They, they, Someone was calling it the Kilo Classico. The, 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 yeah, the Key Bump Classico. Uh, but I digress. Uh, it actually had a turnout of what? 11,000 plus fans for this match? It was a uh, new Miami FC record. Did you see Inter Miami's response to that? You're welcome. Yeah, yeah just they're welcome <laughs> in the winky face. But hey, look, it was, it was a beautiful night. A 7 p.m. Uh, game. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's FIU. It's a college stadium i guess they play football there i I know they're not really known for their football program but um you know kind of sad as a a football stadium more intimate as a as a soccer stadium so it it wasn't bad but uh game you know it was a little rough we came out with our cup squad so we kind of did similar to what seattle uh did against us is, is we were playing people in slightly different positions like robbie taylor started on the left wing uh not robbie robinson uh really uh yeah, there were a lot of struggles in the game considering we're, you know, the MLS team or whatever. Uh, they were coming out with a with a low block, which was giving us issues to even find a, a way through. And we had, I think, one good chance in, in the first half. And but nothing really happened until late in the in the second half. Thank God, because I was sitting there and I was talking with John. He's like, man, I was like, please score because like I don't want to have to stay out. Uh, you know, here for another 30 minutes. Then if we go to PKs, let's try and wrap this up if we can. And we do off of an incredibly ugly sequence to get to the goal. I I will say a nice uh, quick reaction finish by Campagna, which which we've seen in the past. But, man, this ball ping-ponged. I think Robbie Taylor kicked it, hit someone, came back to him, kicked it again, hit another. It was just all over the place and just fell. Uh, Really, I think the the – 
Miami FC defender was in a, a more advantageous position, but Campagna just came in there, drilled it with his left, put it to the to the right of the keeper, and uh, we get that. We get that. And uh, that win felt good. Uh, just continuing the momentum. A little hard to kind of see everything play out because I was sitting uh, behind the goal. Usually, uh, you know, I, I sit in the north stands for – every single game basically uh, with all of the supporters. And, but I always record the game uh, on, you know, at home on my, my DVR cause it's on local cable, but I didn't record anything on ESPN plus. So I didn't really get to take a second look with better uh, camera angles, but it, it, it definitely was a scrappy game. We struggled. I, I cracked a joke to, to John that, you know, it's all fun and games until Phil decides to you know, bring in $9 million worth of players and, and put them in there. And, and, that's basically, you know, exactly what happened. We start to see uh, subs coming from all over the place. We see Mota come in for Mo Adams. We saw McVeigh come in for Noah Allen. We saw Yedlin come in for Hydro Canderos. Uh, Lasseter came in for uh, for Bryce Duke, and uh, really, really started to 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 move things around. And um, that's when once we brought the the big boys in, and then of course we took off uh, Emerson as well for Robbie Robinson. Once we brought you know, the, the first uh, or the starters, I guess, rather things turned in our fortune, but uh, yeah, I mean, really not, not the, the most uh, pretty of games we've had, but again, just keep the momentum rolling. Uh, what did you see on your end with a, uh, with a much better camera angle? Oh, I got to tell you right now, the camera angle was absolute dog shit. <laughs> I will tell you in the discord, we were all going, what the hell is this? At the beginning of the game, the the zoom was in and out, in and out, in and out. And they were trying to track the player, but it was like they were zoomed in still on the player mm-hmm. and you couldn't tell where they were on the pitch. And I'm sitting there looking like looking at myself or looking at uh, my wife going, why did I fire up my PS five at a 4k TV for this dog and pony show? Like what the hell is this? Um, but no jokes aside, I liked what I saw. I knew Miami was going to push us and I want to, I want to go off track real quick for any of you who have not watched the U S open cup before. I need you to understand because there was a lot of hatred out there towards how inner Miami was playing. This is not a cakewalk. This is not a given that we're going to win this game. There are a lot of folks who have some misconception that, oh, it's inner Miami. Oh, it's an MLS team. They're going to lay down. They're going to, we're just going to move forward. It's going to be seven, nothing. No, that's not how this game's played. Ask Columbus who lost last night. Mm -hmm. Ask Chicago who lost last night it's not that simple so you can't be upset with phil like i really don't want to hear like oh phil should have done this should have done that that's exactly what this cup brings out in all the teams it's going to be a, a, a rock'em sock'em rowdy fight to the end for the most part i mean cincinnati and not to go on a tangent jay but cincinnati last night they were tied going into extra time and they gave up or they scored a goal in the 95th and the 99th minute mm-hmm. of extra time. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, their game's on right forward. now and they're, they're, they're pretty close. It's, it's crazy. I mean, you like Charlotte's tied with Greenville right now. I mean, as we, we, we say this, New York uh, Red Bulls are, have a one goal lead on, I'm assuming that's Hartford. I'm not really too sure. Minnesota's beating Madison one to zero. Orlando's winning two to one against the, the Rowdies, which could really change at, at any given time. So these are a lot uh, closer, but you also have to manage your players when you're, when you're playing in cups because you don't want anyone to, to really get too, too, uh, you know, tired to where it's affecting the, the MLS games here. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it was scrappy. Certainly not the most attractive game we'll play, but uh, we, we didn't fall, and that's the important thing. And we advanced to to the next round. Yeah, the big thing I you know I wanted to say before we got too far into this was you could see the inner Miami was trying to push the ball up the field. Mm -hmm. They were trying to make those cuts. They're trying to make the runs and uh, the coach, I want to say Anthony Poulos. Yep. Poulos. He knew the game plan. He knew what Phil was going to bring to the table. So all in all, when it was all said and done, it was a beautiful game of football on both sides, you know, hats off to Miami for having a, uh, you know, having us, having a great atmosphere, having the fans there. Uh, you know, Inner Miami came in and showed that we own every area code of Miami now, not just <laughs> of South Florida. Yeah, yeah. 305. I got it. I mean, yeah, stat wise, we, we had less possession. You know, uh, Miami FC had 52%, we had 48%. Uh, shots on goal, fairly even. They had nine uh, shots, uh, three of them being on goal. And um, Inner Miami had 11 shots, four on goals. Fouls, dude. Fouls galore. Uh, you were um, telling me an interesting fact that I'm going to let you oh. uh, re restate this. But 11 fouls against Miami FC, 21 uh, for uh, Inter Miami. There were a lot of cards being dished out. We had four yellow cards. Inter Miami did. Miami FC only had two. Damien Lowe did get a red card at the dying moments of the game. Uh, but, yeah, it seemed like this ref was just on one, calling it fouls left and right and then getting really card happy. Yeah, and it almost seemed like – the ref had something to prove out there. Like, Hey, this is my moment. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stand for any shit. And I, I think the only reason low got that red card, because if you, if you go back or if you were able to watch it, Jay, yeah, I know you'd be in full agreement with me. He wasn't really in her face that long complaining about the yellow card yeah. on outside the box. And then the tackle. Yeah. He probably deserved that yellow card, but uh, yeah, what you were alluding to, in all nine games last night, they were played with an MLS team. There was a total of 267 fouls called, averaging just shy. And I'm talking like decimal upon decimal upon decimal point, just shy of 30 fouls in each game. Jeez, that's insane. The cleanest game was DC United versus, I think it was like Flower City Union. Something. <laughs> sure. Something like that. that sounds about right. And it was 12 to DC. And well, hey, you know, you say that, but Flower City came on and, and put on a show against them. D.C. had to turn it on late, kind of like we did. Um, but D.C. had 12 fouls and Flower City had seven. That was the cleanest game involving an MLS team last night. Well, so that's uh, I, crazy. Uh, maybe that that's just how this is going to go. I, I have no idea. I, I will hopefully not. I'm sure. I would hope it, it, it becomes uh, less like that once, you know, it really gets down to the majority of the remaining teams being MLS sides. But uh, but who knows, man? Who knows? Interesting one right here, like St. Louis, right? St. Louis, too, they're playing Loose City right now. They're 0-0 they're zero, zero in the 58th minute. But uh, this is like their first exposure that they're able to get as well before they're, you know, officially start in, uh, in the MLS. So... Exciting stuff, man. And these these moments are beautiful because it's like March Madness when you get your little Cinderella, you know, final eight or uh, elite eight run or something like that. Or maybe you get lucky in like the final four. But, you know, in this tournament, technically anyone could win. You know, the smallest clubs could win. There's so many divisions that are playing in this. So uh, good times. We are making it to the next round. We'll see who we face off and what uh, the time and day of that match will be. 
But uh, hey, man, just some additional additional footy that we get to enjoy throughout the season. It's always a bonus when you get some additional games. Uh, now, we have to keep the streak rolling. We do have a game coming up here on Sunday. We are playing Atlanta United, and we have had some some intense back and forth games, back and forth uh, you know results with them. So this is going to be uh, a very very good time. We actually wanted to bring on. Uh, a, a special guest just to do this with us. Um, he is uh, someone that we uh, love and hate because he's a trader at the same time. But let's see if we can't get him in here real quick. Just going to call on the phone. Hello. Yo, buddy. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. So we got Max Ramos on the line. He is the, uh, the ex-president of the Siege before he upped and packed his bags and uh, moved to Atlanta and started supporting another team because he's, a, he's just a jerk. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm living the life of a, of a Southern king, my friend. Where are you living right now? Life. Are you out and about? Did I, did I catch you at a, I'm a actually, surprise time? I actually, just got, I actually just got into Miami. For the this weekend's uh, beatdown, very oh, excited for that. There we go. Well, it's still on site, so the whole pod squad's gonna mob you uh, in an alley. But uh, we're we're live on the show right now, not to to throw you off guard here. Uh, I got Than, no uh, fans with us as well. Yo, what's up, Dan boy? Hey, what's up, boy? You ready to get uh, get beat down this week? I know you said you're, you're getting prepped for a beatdown. You figured it's gonna be us kicking your ass, right? Calm, calm down, calm down. Listen, at least, yeah. at least Atlanta is comfortably going to win its U.S. Open Cup game, unlike Miami yesterday that had to eke one out against the Miami Football Club, whatever the hell you want to call them. Wow, he just he switched up. He's just fully switched up. Like I don't even know if he enjoys Inter Miami anymore. I think he just likes to, to to run his mouth and tell us how much better his new team is. His and he sends me pictures and jerseys and T-shirts, just flicking me off. I'm like this. This fucking guy, man. I mean, at least he texts you and calls you. Yeah, just go back to Kentucky. Like, come on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Go go back to being a Portland fan. All right, let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shots fired. You you jump around MLS teams like a drunk girl jumps. I'm not even going to do it. Well, nope, no, we're not going to do that today. I'm going to stop myself right there, but you're playing with Miami podcaster Jay Kingston makes an ass of himself. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, you're playing what your four string keeper at this point. Um, yeah, because, uh, let's see, uh, Raguzan's, uh, knee is gone. Uh, our old, your old friend, uh, Dylan Castaneda, he got hurt, uh, playing a USL game. So I honestly don't know who the backup, who the keeper is right now. They don't, no one really knows. Do it's wanna, kind of up in the air. Do you want us to loan you Drake calendar? Actually, he yeah. After the performance <laughs> he had yesterday, I, I would absolutely love Drake. He actually used to be at Atlanta United, so that would be great for him. All right. Well, it's just going to be a five million dollar one game loan. We'll see if you guys can uh, can make it out. But give everyone an update because you know we don't really uh, pay too much uh, attention week in and week out to all the intricacies of Atlanta. But since you're now a full time fanboy of Atlanta, we'll say give us a give us an update of how the season's been going. What kind of positive you're seeing? What kind of hardships you're seeing? Um, you know, and we'll get into what we think is going to happen in this game. Well, I'll be, I'll be straight up. I, it's been a very frustrating season in the sense of like goals are either hard to come by or they come in very weird moments. Uh, the team hasn't had other than its first home game 
against Kansas City where it, it won very comfortably. Um, it, it, every game is every win has been by uh, by the Shinny Jin Jin or by a, uh, a stroke of luck or something at the last minute, something from behind or like weird losses like a like the weird loss against uh, Charlotte where like nothing worked. I was there and it didn't it didn't make sense on in my like in, in being there on paper why they lost that game. They lost the game to an Olympical goal. Uh, from Charlotte um, and their terrible fan base and field and all that. That was pretty garbage. Um, Obviously, Joseph Martinez is getting older, so he's not the phenom that he was a few years ago. And and his role is becoming a little bit more of a center mid, trying to service out to other players. But that's the problem. Like, who's going to be that goal scorer that the team can rely on? Is it – is it Arujo? Arujo has come in. He's been hurt, but he's scored some like uh, he's scored, his one goal of the year has been was epic. Then you have Dom Dwyer, who are, everyone has an opinion on, whatever you want to say about him. He's had his moments of, of, of glory. He should have scored more goals, um, but he's he scored some good ones, and, and and he seems to have found a place. Yeah, I was actually watching the U.S. Open game, and he actually scored a, a pretty nice one outside the box against uh, Chattanooga. Um, Gutman, uh, Gutman is a new signee, plays a little bit of a winger, uh, position and, and he's been actually the surprise of the season. Everyone's been very happy with his, his performance and people still trying to figure out how to pronounce his name because he's from Scandinavia. Um, and then like, oh no, like the back line needs help. Uh, it, it, that's the thing. Like, I, I'll be honest. I've been thinking about all week. I'm going to be very straight up with y'all about how I think this game is going to go considering how Miami's been playing, especially with Campania being the force that he's become, mm-hmm. I honestly think that Sunday's game is going to be a 1-1 draw. I do not expect a win from Atlanta. I, I, I honestly think it's literally it's perfectly placed for a 1-1 draw. So have at it, guys. You know, Max, I got to say, you know, based off of uh, you guys losing to Charlotte the way you did, I'm going to go 5 nothing into Miami. We're coming with all the smoke. <laughs> Come, we're gonna get we're gonna get Drake Calendar out there for the last goal. He's gonna convert a penalty and he's gonna hit the uh, the Dougie or whatever the cool kids are doing nowadays out there on the field. So did you just bring up the Dougie? What year is it? 2011. They're doing the gritty. Thank you. They're whatever it is, the, the McGriddle. I don't give a shit. I'm too okay, old for okay, this. Okay. Should we make a bet then? Should we make a gentleman's bet that if either if either team wins by two or more goals, the other the other side has to buy a nice bottle of liquor. Right, I, think, I, mean, I think that's the only way to do it. Two plus goals. I think we started something like that in Discord, and it, it went down pretty well. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that. I got you with that. All right, is that that's just a saying agreeing with me, right? Uh, the gentleman that is saying, not not that heathen, Jay Kingston. <laughs> yeah, it, it's me. I mean, uh, don't worry about Jay Kingston. I, I'm a stand-up gentleman. I'm yeah, I'm good for it. All right, awesome. I love it. I'm love very excited that. to see everybody. Um, listen, if I'm going to get stabbed, make sure to go for the ribs, not for the face. I'm too pretty. <laughs> go for the ribs. Um, there, very excited there to see everybody. Blood. There will be there blood. There will be blood. I'm going, um, I'm going very, 2-1 for the record. 2-1 Atlanta? Awesome. High five. Never Great that, job, buddy. Never, dude, you're, <laughs> you're going to be playing a striker in goal, I think. I, at this it's rate, a, um, I would, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if I have to be out there playing a uh, goalkeeper. Um, it actually uh, looks like Jesus Shuttlesworth is going to be in goal. No, I'm sorry. Brian uh, Shuttlesworth is going to be in goal for you. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and people have been talking about him. He's got he's got length and he's, and he's got height. Um, I don't know much about him. Uh, I'll admit. Was he drafted? Uh, Is he new? He's, uh, I think he, he's a new signing. I think it was super draft. Yeah, he's from. Uh, yeah. The only thing I know, he's from Buffalo, New York. That's all I know. Oh, so he's a fan favorite right there in that upstate New York uh, Canadian border area. And he's a he's a fan Harrington favorite. So now we definitely are going to win on Sunday. So very hyped. Yeah, I don't know. There's not I, even anything popping up. There's uh, like he's not even he's nowhere near being famous. You type in his name on Google and it's bringing me to a procurement specialist with the United States district court. So he's definitely got, he's got a, if he cannot beat out a procurement specialist on a Google search, that boy's got a, a lot of work to do. Yeah. You, you guys are in some dire situations there, friend. That's uh doesn't look good for you and your squad. Excuse me. Cause on the same token, Nick Marsden, he's not exactly a world beater recently. He has been, he's been special, but not in a good way. Nick Marsman's a saint. I don't know. Causing a penalty, trying to uh, scoop up a, a just a pop fly. Pretty, pretty fun. Pretty fun. That wasn't that stuff. wasn't his fault. It was a laser from the stands. It wasn't his fault. Okay. All right. So where are you watching the game? Where are you, where are your tickets? These are already being made. Wait, what? Where 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 are you sitting? Where are your tickets? Uh, in Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm very excited to be there again. What section? Um, I, I don't know. I don't really North think about or South. I, I, I don't know my directions, man. I, I haven't been here in a while. Are so. you going to be surrounded by a bunch of other people in red jerseys, particularly Listen, on the left jerseys, side of the South stands? Listen, people wear inner my, uh, where river play arsenal, man United. So yeah, maybe some, right. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to bring some binoculars and I'm going to hold them up to my iPhone so I can zoom up on the away section. And if I see you there, you're getting stabbed. Oh, and, but I thought that was going to happen before the game, though. So how are you going to see me in the stands? No, I'm no, confused. no, no, no. Because if we win, I don't have to stab you because the pain is even worse for you in that case. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I am a Manchester United fan, so Dan can tell you we feel nothing anymore. I don't feel anything. Nothing hurts me. Nope. Nope, uh, Harry Maguire has took it, taken away all of our, our ability don't to say feel. This, don't, don't say that name. Don't, don't say that name. We're, we're not. We're not gonna... the, oh, uh, uh, Jay, Jay uh, uh, tell me the uh, the score of the Chelsea game today. Just remind oh, me. Dude, uh, you know what? Yeah, we conceded four goals, bud, but at least we scored two. Okay. Tell me, tell me what happened with the Liverpool game. Go ahead, Jay. I want to point out. I want to point out before this continues. I, I didn't bring up the Chelsea score. I know. I feel attacked I, on my own podcast. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> oh, you've lost control of your own monster, Doctor Frank. Doctor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it's a, it's its own beast now. It's it's a beast yeah. powered by a robust and often strange engine that I call Discord. Love it, love it. The only savior is, is Stan keeping everyone on track. The Discord is going to be amazing. The Discord on Sunday before we get there is going to be fantastic for us. Probably wait. not for you. For all of oh, us. I Getting at you in the Discord, yeah, that's gonna be fun. I thrive off your hatred, so I'm gonna enjoy every second of it. Okay, well, enjoy the TIFO as well, my man. I will see you on Sunday. Look forward to it, man. It's been a long, long time. Last time I All saw right, you, yo, last time I saw you, you were in pink. It's gonna be gonna be a tough sight for my eyes. Can't wait, baby. See you. See you yeah. Sunday. <laughs> be good, man. Bye. All right. 
Good times. Good times. He's a. Uh, kind of getting delusional in, in his uh in his older years i think here but uh but let's uh let's wrap this one up uh what other what other news is there to discuss so uh i mean i don't know how you can continue the pod after a max <laughs> ramos special like that like i'm kind of sitting over here floored um but yeah, no, we actually had other football going on throughout the week. Uh, the Generation Adidas Cup was going on. Uh, for those of you who missed last week's episode, uh, Generation Cup is a culmination of English teams and uh, Mexican teams. And I believe Italy was there with, yeah, Roma was there. Uh, and it's all of their academies getting together for. <sighs> The really vanilla way to put it would be like that end of season jamboree your, your kids have. Uh, I mean, a culmination into a championship. It's really highly touted tournament. Uh, unfortunately for us, the U15s bowed out uh, in the round of 16. Uh, Jay, you always correct me on how to say this. So, Tigres? Yep, you're good. Awesome. They uh, lost two to one, hard fought match. And then the U17s bowed out to, ironically, Seattle, right before we played Seattle, and they found out one nothing. Uh, I know it sounds like a major blow to us, but we actually performed on against some of the best academies in the world and outperformed some of the perennial powerhouse academies. So it just shows that we are on the we're on the rise. Mm-hmm. We're on the rise. Yeah, it was good. Now, it was good catching those games. You know, kind of just throughout the week or yeah, at work, just having it on your phone just to to see uh, you know where we're going because that academy is going to be so important. And, and I think everyone is very confident in where it's headed right now and the early results that, that we're getting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I forget who it was and, and the traveler would be able to tell you on Twitter and correct me, but there was one kid in the U 17 game. He kept going up the right-hand side and he was putting the defenders on roller skates. He was, he was cutting, chopping, mm-hmm. you know, sidestep and then boom, he was in the box one step and it was beautiful. You know, I can't remember what his name was either, but uh, yeah, no, that, that kid was going and Denon's got a, a very bright future. I think as well. Uh, yeah. Really interesting. Uh, following up with, um, with some additional football on top of that, we did have uh, the uh, next uh, or M- the next MLS next game, which was against uh, NYCFC two came to that game top of our division, uh, having some pretty solid results uh, in MLS is next, but not this game, man. They got they got smacked by NYCFC two seven to zero, and then just furthermore off that NYCFC's first team beat what was it i think real salt lake six to zero so between their their first and second teams they dropped 13 goals and conceded zero what a hell of a weekend for uh for the reigning mls cup champs yeah it's actually funny because i was just bashing the shit out of tati in our discord like yo he was one hit wonder he can't do it he's done and then he puts up four and i was really quiet on discord the rest of the night i was like yeah never mind forget it um but getting away from football and looking more at football drive pink stadium hosted the uh University of Miami, uh, never heard of those guys before, University of Miami spring football game. Uh, You know, it's kind of cool to see the team opening up to other uh, sports teams throughout the area, allowing the use of our beautiful stadium. Uh, I didn't view, didn't partake, didn't 
read too much into it because I'm not a University of Miami fan. Who cares? Um, yeah, but I guess it was an overall uh, good experience for everybody. The club really enjoyed it. Uh, go Knowles. Big, go Knowles. Uh, I, I just want to piggyback off this real quick, though. How pissed off do you think the greenskeeper was? Because football can shred uh, a, a delicate field like a soccer pitch. Well, all you need to do, if you're not familiar with the, the game of American football, is go back and look at the highlights from the uh, game against Miami FC. Miami FC very clearly has a football team first and a soccer team second. That turf was ripped up, Mm -hmm. and that's just turf. As a football player, I can tell you that grass must have been absolutely shredded. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely tore up. For sure, for sure. Um, But, you know, Jay, do you want to, uh, guess, finish off with the best news of the week? Yeah, amazing, amazing news. First time ever, if I'm not mistaken. But and. Is it? I don't know. I, feel I like want to say, I want to say, Lewis might have pulled it off once, but maybe not. Maybe. Anyway, Leo Campana named the MLS Player of the Week for Week Seven. That was the uh, hat trick game, uh, which was just man against New England, a team that came here and beat us five zero last time to come up, get a hat trick on them, put away the game, get MLS Player of the Week, big big honors. Uh, the following week. Uh, Ahmed Mabika was on the squad. Um, yeah, man, and uh, you know we're seeing we're seeing some some talent here. It, or, is that the only? I'm trying to think, was there anyone else on on team of the week week six from Inter? Uh, no, it was Leo, and then it was Ame. So, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, wasn't yeah. sure. Now, what you're probably thinking of was uh, for a point in the MLS fantasy, Low and Mabika were the two highest rated CBs. That's probably what you're mis- you're mistaking yourself with there. Maybe, maybe, Very but well. could be. As we like to end the podcast, our final section is our beloved only fans, where I get a bunch of degenerates to ask questions to Jay, and he has to answer them. Jay, first question comes from our good friend James Anderson. James asks, Jay, or yeah, Jay, how after watching two wins in a row? What do you think is our lineup going forward in the season? Do we see any young talent upcoming that might break into the first team? I would love, love, love to see Mabika break into the first team. Um, you know, I think Noah Allen's going to be a part of this team throughout the season. I think Gibbs will probably be dealing with injuries um, on and off. Uh, I would also love for when Ascona is is fully healthy to see him integrated in there because I think he could really add some quality. But as far as lineup, I mean, I think you're going to see it's coming out in a 4-3-3. Um, I think we're going to be seeing Campana as our center forward. He's going to be flanked by probably the starters being Robbie and Lassiter until maybe later in the season where Emerson does take over the starting duties from Lassiter. On the midfield, I think it's pretty set right now. You're going to have Robbie Taylor as your left mid. You're going to have... Uh, Gregory as your center mid slash kind of CDM playing a little bit further. Then you're going to see Gene Mota on the right mid roll. Uh, going back, man, to the back line, it's going to have to be Yedlin. It's going to have to be low. Uh, then here's what we're going to see. I think it's probably going to be some some back and forth between McVeigh and, and Mabika. Uh, that'll be a fun race to watch. And then that left back spot will be Kieran Gibbs when he's back uh, unless something serious happens but I still think that given his age we're going to be seeing quite a bit of Noah Allen this season and then knock on wood nothing happens to Marsman he will be our keeper I think that's what we're going to be seeing 
Ooh, do you have any uh, differing opinions on that? I would say you got to add Hundal to your list of young players coming up. Mm-hmm. And I will reiterate about my boy. We have not seen the last of George Acosta. He's yeah. just, he, need, he needs to put some muscle on that frame and he knows it. Uh, he's working hard towards every time you see a training, uh, you know, training video from their latest session, he's busting his butt working towards it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so next question. Uh, March of the David says, to Jay, are you starting to believe in the Neville project? Oh, <laughs> I feel like everyone's kind of uh, asking this question. Um, you know, I'm going to have to say yes. Am I sold that we should keep him once the season or sanctions are, are over? We'll have to see the, the full results of the season. But are we starting to see some progress? Now, how much of that is more on... Neville going to the 4-3-3, really trying to utilize the wingers and uh, something better fits the players that we have, or, you know, how much of this is Gonzalo not being present and, uh, you know, when he's on the pitch, the there's a different strategy in place to try and get uh, him the ball to, to finish. And I think Campana is having much better results. And then just a third little 3D chess dimensional piece to consider is it's a new team and is the chemistry just starting to build? You know, it's tough to really say uh, who is responsible. It's probably bits and pieces of all that. The back line's really coming together. But as far as what's happening right now, you know, outside of individual praise or, um, you know, maybe uh, overall positions like the midfield or like our back line, then I think the, the, the next point of praise would have to be on Phil Neville. And as much smoke as he has gotten from this fan base in the first five games, uh, you know, people are a lot more quiet when you're when you're producing wins and not and not losses. So we'll see how this continues to play out. What are you What are your thoughts? Uh, long story short, I, I believe now because he was able to finally carve out the cancer that was holding the team back. If he comes back and gets a more dominant role again, and and, and I'm talking about Higuain for those of you who missed the reference here. I don't know if he allows Higuain to come back. I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna believe it. But as we stand right now, I still have the unwavering support like you that he will get to be able to finish out the rest of the season, and then we'll go from there. All right, fair enough. Uh, two more questions for you. Uh, Demont five two five asks Jay, how far into the U.S. Open Cup does Inter Miami need to go to be considered a successful run for them? How many rounds are there? Like, what's the actual? Uh, so we're going into the round of 32 coming up next. Okay. So I think if we make it to uh, the Elite Eight, right? Was that the quarterfinals? Yeah. If, if we can make it to the quarterfinals, absolute win. Absolute 100% successful run for our first ever cup, considering where the team's at, the sanctions, new team, the struggles, uh that would be an absolute spectacular win any further than that. I think we're playing with house money at the time and anything's possible in, in this sport. Anything's possible uh, in the MLS, but uh, yeah, if we can make it into uh, to the round of eight, I, I think we'd be, our, be pretty damn good. I'll peel it back one. And I'll say sweet 16, just based off where we started based off of, of the thoughts of the U S open cup and like, okay, it, it, it 
the fan base wasn't quite sure how the team was going to go after this. If we make the Sweet 16, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And we can, can we can hang our hat on that. I mean, I know it sounds campy to say something like that, but we can hang our hat on that we did that with an 0-5 start or, or, you know, not 0-5, but you know what I mean. Uh, terrible, terrible start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then anything else after that? Awesome. It just builds up. It just is going to allow the team to build and, you know, be able to gel more together. Yeah. So I, I, would, agree, on, I would agree with that as well. Like I would not be upset by any means if they make it to the sweet 16. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great. As long as we didn't lose uh, our first game, then, you know, where we are right now, I'm taking that. Building on top of that, B Griff asks, Jay, do you think we are capable of a deep run into the U S open cup? So you don't have to answer that because we already kind of discussed it. If so, do we forsake the MLS season for a chance at winning that coveted Champions League spot? Do we forsake the season? I'm, I'm assuming, you know, playing all our starters all the way through and, 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 and making the, the season our, our secondary? I would Focus. say focusing more on the U.S. Open Cup games when they come around on the schedule and resting our starters yeah, before. Okay. Um. Well, because of the MLS season so long and you really only have to be in the top seven to make the, the playoffs, you know, like I guess it depends on where we are. Like right now we're, we're you know, sitting 13th. If we stay in this position and we've got an opportunity to, to make a run in a tournament and potentially win a tournament, get our first piece of real hardware because the, you know, Coastal Carolina Cup Challenge of preseason, yeah, we technically won that, but that's not, you know, something we're, we're going to brag about. But if we have the chance – you know, our third season to win the U.S. Open Cup, then I think that should be all of our focus. I, you know, if we miss the playoffs and win the Cup, I don't think people are going to be as upset with Phil as if, you know, if we didn't. I just, I'd be so ecstatic for that. And if we can, yeah, somehow get the CCL spot by, by winning that, then that would be absolutely phenomenal. But I think, I don't think it has to be one or the other because the season's so long. I think we could focus on that and then recover uh, you know, at the end of the season and, and try and sneak into to the playoff spots. Cause yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like a, a, a one seed's great, but like, I mean, you just still got a, a fair shot as the seven seed. I would say for us, if we start to get closer to that threshold that you and I talked about sweet 16 elite eight or whatever, mm-hmm. we start to take a very serious look at what the schedule looks like and start maybe shifting our ambitions to focusing on that cup run could you imagine after all this again i know it's 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 almost like dreaming of winning the lottery but after how this season started yep. hey boys we're in the champions league you know what i mean mm. like it would be wild what, where does that focus shift for but, you um, like what would that be does that sh- focus shift to the to the open cup uh in the sweet 16 or is that more of a you know that elite eight right That's if we debate. if we beat Whoever we play in the Sweet 16, that's when it shifts. That's, that, like, agree. hey, we have a real shot. Let's go. Agreed. Okay. Very good. Very so, good. all right. Well, that's the last of the questions, but I do have something I'm be- being held to here, and I got to say it. And if I don't say it, I know our Discord family community is going to be extremely upset. I, I And I've been struggling with the fact I had to say this all day. I owe Drake Calendar. An apology. <laughs> God, I can't believe I'm saying that. You know, 
you know, Drake, if you listen, which I know you don't, because you would have called me out of my bullshit by now. But uh, you know, he he played well. He he played well. He 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 kept us in that game. He kept that dream of Champions League alive. And I, I it's one of those things. Like right Champions now, like, I can't even look oh, at you oh, as oh, we're yeah, talking okay. because I'm kind of like I don't want to admit that I'm saying it. Yeah, because because um, I because I didn't know this was happening. This is this is a complete surprise uh, to me uh, as well. But yeah, man, I mean for for someone who's so adamant about something. And just then having to just turn around and eat his words, man. This is, yeah. my cheeks are hurting because I'm smiling so much right now. And that's, that's genuine. Yeah, this is, uh, everybody, and you know, they, they are not innocent in this whatsoever. But of course, being a co-host of a podcast and, you know, it, it, it's written in the histories forever that I was the ultimate trash talker of Drake. You know, I gotta say he came through when we needed him. I, 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 I'm sorry. Drake calendar. You are a goalkeeper. You are doing well. And I'm sorry. Excellent. Jay, you're gonna have to you, you're gonna have to take us out on this one because I'm I'm a little sick to my stomach. Excellent. That's a that's a heartfelt apology. And I've already said it so many times on the show, but it's a very long season. So there there are many, many days ahead of you for you and Drake to work on rekindling your friendship and your trust and um his respect of you okay but uh, thanks. Yeah, i'm looking forward to that <laughs> thanks everyone for tuning in uh, to the inner miami podcast uh if you don't already check us out on social media on twitter at enter mia podcast uh, on instagram at inner miami podcast uh discord grows literally every single day people are joining uh, couple hundred in there really active uh dm us get at us if you want to uh to get in that discord non-stop talk but as we end every single episode vamos miami vamos drake calendar and miami <laughs>